Eight episodes Ooh. in and still no intro music. It doesn't matter. That's how we do it. Here on Virtual Courtside, I am with my ever so lovely co-host, Mr. Dirk DeCasser. It is Wednesday again, sir, and you know what that means. It means another episode and also oh. a week away from the season. What were you going to say? The thing where he goes, it's Wednesday, my dudes. And... <laughs> I don't think I've heard that one. Could... Uh, the only you one I remember, remember is the, the Campbell. Not, not, I remember the Campbell from the Geico commercial about it being hump day. I don't remember the, the Vine guy. Oh, the, the guy goes, it's Wednesday, my dudes, and goes, ah, in front of the camera. I don't I don't remember that guy. My age two, is two showing. Different, two different sides of the internet. <laughs> Same age. <laughs> uh, well, I should be saying welcome back to you, sir. Uh, you were in indianapolis uh indianapolis for uh nba all-star weekend uh for the nba 2k league alley and the nba 2k league showdown uh looked fun uh nice to see you know tyrese halliburton out there tyrese maxi michael parsons tyreek hill uh obviously our 2k league pros are there too day fry bear they look like they're having a blast um what did you make of the first ever nba 2k league alley and the first ever nba all-star 2k league exhibition it was really fun. Uh, I missed Indianapolis. I mean, it, it's crazy that I say that because uh-huh. DC is so crap that it really makes me miss Indy, which just it's crazy <laughs> to think that way. Um, but it, it was fun to like be back around the same area that we had spent that entire summer uh, two years ago. Now we're coming up three years ago. But the, the event was dope. I mean, I think you and I always have these concerns. It, it's always when you bring in athletes, you bring in influencers, you bring in anybody to be a part of a broadcast who you know is getting paid a good chunk of change to be there. Will they give a fuck? Will they actually bring and provide something? Or are they just going to be like, I just want to show up, get my check and then end up splitting. Genuinely. I'm pretty sure that every single person that was brought out to that event had a fun time, was mm-hmm. giving passion, was giving energy. The trivia was and, great. It was awesome seeing the trivia answers and everybody going crazy yeah. for those. I like that a lot. And so it, it's it's hard to think too, because like you gotta realize how young these guys are. Yeah, I think we just anytime I I think like so many others, you look at athletes, you're like, oh my god, like they're just they got to be this miserable old person who doesn't want to interact. All these guys are super young, and the age I think definitely showed in the trivia. Yeah, I think that was like, like the best part. Well, you got Halliburton. Halliburton is what I think he's around the same thing. Halliburton. I think they're all like probably around yeah. the same age. So he's born in 2000. We're getting old, man. <laughs> yeah, so so that was um it was fun to be a part of the, the trivia was great. It sucks that they had to cut the uh the, the game short because they had places to be. So that's why they only got to play one 3v3 game with them. But it it was a good time. Uh it, it was it was like overwhelming in a sense, but in a good way. It was, was a like lot. Damn, it was bro. definitely this a like, lot. It was big. And a big crowd there. You ha- I was like just to my left, I had Tyrese Maxey. Then I had uh, Micah Parsons that was there on my left. And I just got Halliburton on my right side. Cash Nasty. Got a crowd of people just waiting for him. So, and it was overwhelming in that sense. It was it was like a constant speed moving thing. There was a time Autumn got bumped by Tyrese. She dropped her cue cards. She skipped over eight, uh, four questions that we were supposed to ask. And she jumped straight to another skit one, which there was supposed to be like a skit. A three question break and then, and then it <laughs> and she did that and i'm like oh no we've officially lost control of the entire show I, I so was, we had to like i was about to say you got to hang out with all these celebrities uh but you also got to stand next to autumn johnson for the entire yes so that's obviously that, that is that is the main part of that course. is the best part about all best of it part. so it, it, it was really fun i mean i would like to see the league do more of it but with the twist of like actually just more gameplay more yeah. competitive side of things yeah. uh that was like the one I guess kind of odd part about it. It was, it really wasn't there to commentate. It was more of a, a hosting MC role. Yeah. yeah. 
And it's because obviously everybody could hear us that when we were there too. So it was, it was just kind of like that, but yeah, I would, I would love to see something like that, but with more inspiration, like the 2k 17 road to the all-star game where they had five NBA players playing five 2k players. Oh, now do I think awesome. that should, do I think that should happen now? No. Cause the NBA players <laughs> just get smoked, but like, would it be cool to see them separate off into like teams yeah. and getting two, two Kelly guys and three um, NBA players, celebrities, influencers, whatever you want to call it. So that, that was, um, that was uh, the really cool part. But, yeah, it was a double thumbs up, big success, a lot of eyes that were there. Um, like, especially that first game was the most people I've seen actively like, in one place probably since season one in New York. It was hype um, in there. Yeah, there was a yeah. lot of people in there. That was I, I think that was my favorite part was just seeing, like, how much energy was actually, like, in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not easy to get people to two K league events. So nice to see that we actually had some pull this time. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was in such a good spot, too, because. Uh, remember like we would walk through the convention center you would just see like the event space rooms yeah it was right there uh as you were walking to either go to lucas oil stadium or you're crossing to go to like the other 2k events so it was right there in the middle big nba 2k league alley signs out there caught people's attention um so yeah it it was uh it, it was a cool event i i I think that's what people have been waiting for for the past six years for something like that with them. Yeah. I want to see competitive action next time. I want to see actual like gameplay more than anything else. Yeah. I mean, having NBA players at an event, what? And I don't know if you knew this. Uh, I mentioned on the broadcast, but I think it is kind of, I don't know. I'm sure how many people paid attention. Uh, They customized the league build to give everybody a 99, everything with all hall of fame badges. during those games. Oh my God. So So, just everybody got tier. There was, there was one per position. So there was a seven, there was a seven footer with 99, everything, all hall of fame badges. That was like, could dribble like Steph, shoot like Steph, finish inside like Shaq. And so we got to mess around with that and play with it. I know, I know bear and Dave Fry had a lot of plans. If it went to a game three, that they were both gonna like bring it out and start just absolutely going crazy <laughs> with it but obviously that that just had that first game but yeah they they customized the league bill for that too which i think everybody ran up people were like oh I'll be, i want to be on the six a like bro get on the seven foot so how about this do, do you know what you know how we don't have we don't have uh band builds anymore for the turn we need to do that we're just during the turn everybody is on all 99 builds we were looking for yes. a way to shake things up tournament to tournament what better way than to put everybody on like the most cracked builds of all time i kind of like That'd that be- that, are we geniuses do we just come up with the best idea <laughs> probably hey, we probably. come up with really good ideas it's yeah, just a matter a of people listening <laughs> yeah exactly we've had a couple of good ones but uh we'll see uh okay well let's get to why we are really here uh today is a big day like i said we are officially a week away from the seventh season of the nba 2k league beginning uh very similar to last year we will start with 3v3 uh we'll do uh, the league will have that for about 2 months and then we will switch to 5v5 after uh but Dirk we start with threes year 3 of threes that's way too confusing i'm not going to say that again <laughs> <laughs> um what do you what do you think of the game mode as we enter into year 3 are you are you excited what are you hoping for i guess out of this game mode is a better question this year I, it's tough because I don't think the evolution of threes is going to be anything like we've seen from fives over the past seven years where like the structure for fives could change based on, you know, year one, everyone was just guarding each other's position. There was no real like lockdown going to year two. Things changed up a little bit more going to year three. We're all of a sudden the crazy defensive rotations being ran and like the game has completely evolved. Threes is just such a basic game mode. I don't know how much it could truly evolve like it it already had that weird starting point where it did not emulate anything you saw in the retail game mm-hmm. it was with the lockdown setting the screens right off the rip trying to get those constant mismatches 
I doubt that we'd see almost like a quote unquote reverse evolution to where all of a sudden you're going to see a traditional style of play. I just don't think that'll ever happen in the league Mm -hmm. unless like league operations comes out with a rule for three saying, Hey, this has to be like a position based thing. Like if you're like, you, you can't go out there setting screens on a lock, which would just be so hard to police, like throw that into the mix. But I, I don't know. I, I think they the jump from year one to year two of putting everybody on 99 overall builds was easily the best part. I think more of the evolution of the game, what to expect, if there was any improvements to be made, it would be more of just like on the, the league build side of things. Like we should probably speed up the gameplay. Yeah. Um, you should make it a little bit more. They want threes to be exciting, a little bit more arcadey, I guess. Right. In some sort of balance. I mean, I've been seeing clips. BP has been posted. I've seen a lot of, heavy yellow shots borderline yep. red shots being green um i don't know if that's going to be the case i mean but that's what we're hearing like it maybe it is so it, it from what we're hearing it sounds like shooting in threes is way easier than it is in fives and we're going to see a lot of i've heard the guard play is very good in threes this year i've heard it's much closer to what people have been looking for obviously mm-hmm. the first year that we had threes the guard play was detestable to the point where day fry won an entire tournament just taking twos and passing the ball to cuts like that uh-huh. was it so last year, obviously, you could definitely break people down off the dribble a little bit more. This year, we're, we're going to get some offense, Derek. And, and I think, you know, I was talking to a, a 2K league coach about this, and he mentioned how because everybody can shoot now, you actually have to do interesting and different stuff. Like, you actually mm-hmm. have to run stuff and, like, try to do advanced, personalized, stylized things. And it, and it brought me to an interesting thought, which was, Season three was really when we started to see 2K League teams develop their 5v5 identities. Like, teams started to be a little bit different. The metas were a little bit different. Like, obviously, in season two, we had, like, five out versus not. But that was, like, two teams that ran that in season two. Season three is when it kind of blew up. And I think we might see that again in our third season of 3v3, which I just promised I wasn't going to say again because that's going to confuse me. (laughs) Um, But the way we're – so let's get into the preview. The way that we're going to do this, uh, so aptly named by Derek, is that we're going to go through – uh, every single team, and we're going to put each team into four different categories. Then after that, we are going to do uh, predictions for each tournament and then our predictions for the finals. Uh, maybe we'll do a 3v3 MVP as well. Obviously, that's <laughs> not. I don't think that's an award this year, but who cares? We're going to give one out. Um, okay, so our four... <laughs> our four names uh, for the for our teams. Uh, at the top, you got the contenders. Guys who we are taking seriously, Right from the jump of the season, uh, expectations are high. Whether they like it or not, we have high expectations for this team. Number two, you got your on the bubbles. Uh, you got your teams that if a couple things break their way, they could be in that contender category. They're good, maybe not great on paper, but if they get better throughout the rest of the season, you might see them at the top. Number three, you got the pretenders. These are the teams that just simply don't have enough talent, in our opinion, to keep up with the big dogs. They might be competitive in some series. Think of the Mavs last year. Competitive in most series, but sometimes you just don't have the juice. And then last, but certainly not least, we have a category that I have typed down called Yikes, parentheses, fart noise, uh, which are the teams (laughs) that we think are going to just be bad this year. I apologize to those teams I mean, because that's the meanest category ever written. <laughs> but I would be 
I will be shocked if we place actually any team in the yikes. Exactly. Yeah, you got to be what, really bad on paper. What, what people have to realize is that we are going into this raw. We have not discussed. We nope. have not looked over anything with these categories. So this is all just a blind pick. Should of I like, keep, okay. I'm going to keep track of these, by the way, because I think you and I are going to actually have different uh, different opinions on this. So, okay. so hold on. So I'm going to create a little. Uh, you guys know I love my Google Sheets uh, podcast predictions okay this is gonna be funny this is gonna be extremely funny uh okay let me clear these columns let me make them reset let me make them similar sizes okay dirk i just i'm just saying on my little thing just says yikes fart noise yikes (laughs) noise. (laughs) we're just mean 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 people okay are you ready buddy yep Let's do it. All right. Uh, actually, you get to decide. Do we start at the top or do you want to go reverse alphabetical order? Um, I feel like it's always easier just to go from the top and okay. then go all the way down. So anybody who's listening, if you're like, where's my team? Well, just think. I know that I know skip. that I know that Nudini listens to the podcast and I'm sure he's pissed that we this will be the fourth podcast we've right? done. Like, analysis of all the teams. Cl- <laughs> I got a click going an hour in. For 5v5 you know preview, we have to do it from the bottom up just to give some love to the guys down if, low. If you want, Nigel just said about Nudini, let's flip it. Let's do it. Okay, we're going to flip it. All right, we're going to do This I will know if Dini's actually watching or not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into it. Uh, we'll start with Wizards District Gaming. Uh, Dirk, their likely 3v3 lineup, uh, Benzo, Awkward, and Nudini. Uh, where do you have this team? I'm going to put them in. On the bubble. On the bubble. OTB. Okay. They're going on the bubble for me. Um, I was kind of looking over at pretenders a little bit mm, me too. with this team. But I, I think bringing in a guard like Benzo is going to really help things out. And the defensive style he can bring. Yeah. Like it's going to be as close that the Wizards are probably going to get to like their their run that they had when we were in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, with having like a defensive heavy guy, Awkward Dini, they could try to play off each other there as well. So I think it's going to be a lot different compared to what we've been used to seeing from the Wizards. Especially even last year, I was like, man, this team should be good. And they just weren't. So I, I definitely, for the Benzo, Awkward, and Dini, I think is a safe bet for those three to be the starters. But I'll, I'll go with with on the bubble for the Wiz. On the bubble for the Wiz, I think for the most part, I'm going to agree with you. Um, we, we're also just going to need better seasons out of Nudini and Awkward. Like, they were good last year, don't get me wrong, but I think to help Benzo get over some of the some of the lumps, they're going to need him. They're going to need Nudini and Awkward to help a lot on the offensive end. Last year, Nudini yep. did do well offensively, five points per game, five uh, points per game as well for Awkward, but they had so much demand on that team. Cap couldn't really get them going. They never really found a, a huge answer. And obviously the the Wiz last year. Do you know what? I should just say what the Wiz were last year. Uh, Wiz last year they played 113 games. They were 56 and 57. Uh, they were almost hilariously awkward. They played 113 games there and were almost exactly 500. Do you know how hard that is to do? Uh, they were 11 11 in series. Um, so we'll see if Benzo can take them uh, over the top. I'm also going to take uh, on the bubble. I think it, I don't think I can put this team in the uh, contenders spot just yet. Um, I like Benzo a lot. The only time I've seen Benzo is when we were in Philadelphia and he blew a 3-1 series lead. Um, so I'm hoping that that doesn't happen a lot in the league. I think my biggest concern with this Wiz team is just how good the rest of the league is in threes roster-wise. And I'm worried that Benzo, Awkward, and Dini aren't like... They're not threes guys. And I just feel like we're getting to a point in the league where you kind of need like a threes guy. You know what I mean? Hmm. 
Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, but I'll, I'll Benzo Aquardini, I'll, I'll go on the bubble with you too. All right, let's jump to Warriors Gaming Squad. Uh, likely roster is really tough here. I have Mama Kenny and Cease, uh, and I'm actually gonna go with a with a bit of a of a. I don't know if this is a surprise against the grain. I'm going contenders. Um, really, I think this team is gonna be absolutely insane this year. Um, Kenny and Cease already have unbelievable chemistry on the defensive end, but the what's gonna get this done for them is how good they're gonna be on the offensive end by the end of the season. And I know it's it's bad because I said like, oh, you know, the Wiz. <clears throat> excuse me, they don't really have a threes guy. I think this Warriors team has so many different lineups that they can throw at this mode that eventually one of them is going to stick and one of them is going to be really good. They have too many insanely talented 2K players on this team to not end up being in the mix at the end. Think about it last year, Dirk. They barely took the game mode seriously last year, made the playoffs without like getting it to the, getting out of the group stage. This year, they have a better roster, a better understanding of the mode. I, I, I like the Warriors to make a big jump this year in three. So I'll put them in the contenders category for me. We got our first disagreement. I'm not surprised. I'm going pretenders. Pretenders. Oh, wow. I think that a team not being able to make it to in-person play, making the playoffs is a, a big red flag. I mean, like you like scraped by as, as, as cool as the statistic is of like, wow, you made the playoffs and they didn't even ever make it onto the stage. Like, is that something you want to be proud of? Mm -hmm. Cause they need, when they get there, it was a little, <laughs> it was a little iffy. I do think for this team to have the best success in threes, I think they have to find a way to get Nay into the lineup because that's kind of his bread and butter. So whatever way you have to mesh things and throw things out, I think that's the way that you do have to do it. But when I look at this team, it's all fives guys apart from Nay. And I think that's where the issue truly lies with it. And you can, I guess will you can say, go back and look at like the Pistons had guys who play fives, you know, and himself is like, I'm a yeah. threes guy. Well, it's like, Really, were you a threes guy? Because I really knew you for threes before that. We so should that's count why Cease as a threes guy at this point. He he has gone. He has done quite well in threes back to back years. Two two I'm two not, teams. I will never. I can't call Cease. I can't call everything. He's, I consider yeah. Kenny and him everything players. Like you could put Kenny in ones, and I'm pretty sure he would start toasting people. So that that's what that's why I want to go with it. I just want to go off of last year. Like they barely scraped by. They ended up getting into it. I think what now that we're everyone's back in their home market. I'm assuming the groups are all just regional base it's, it's so very regionalized playing. yeah it's very yeah. regionalized so but I'll, I'll still probably go with them to to be pretenders for me um they're definitely one like as you said i mean they they're the best fives team in the world i definitely have them like winning in fives i just think that that threes hurdle uh i think more so i would say like even a little bit more on the guard play right when you're looking at some of the best guards and how they attack things and how good they play in the 3v3s i just don't think they have that so i'll, I'll give my first pretenders to warriors gaming squad cb wasn't bad last year 12 points per game two assists 84 percent true shooting a little under 50 percent from three i i think uh, to me this is a team that i think their baseline last year was what ended up happening to them like that was the probably their worst case well not worst case scenario but that was probably their most likely scenario and i just it's just so much talent uh last year team stats they were 59 and 51 in games they were 12 and 7 in series uh pretty good middle of the pack in offense uh one of the better defensive teams but still nothing to to really call home about so we'll see how the warriors go uh you are up next sir how about t, -t, -t, -t wolves gaming uh reports are uh i'm gonna i'm gonna put the little little star out uh it's the first team uh told by a bunch of people that t wolves gaming looking very good in scrims uh two talks sub goaded and iggy mo has been the go-to lineup 
uh, and it has been uh, cooking. Yeah, put, put him in the pot. Uh, cooking, cooking him up. I'm getting him. I'm getting my first contender spot. Okay. Um, I, I, I mean, immediately as soon as this team was put together, when I saw Subgoat and Igimo, that was enough to sell me. And then you throw Tutak into the mix, who uh, is a guy that could definitely mix some things up. Um, I, I think that there's this built for it, man. Like I think yeah. Igimo is going to be that much of a difference maker coming into this team. Like that, that man is historically just one of the best threes bigs that you'll ever see in the game from all the wagers that he's ended up playing uh, throughout his career. I expect him to honestly have like a Miami type year, the first year of three V three where like we were nonstop, like Miami's a dog, but the difference is he's not a community guy doing it. He's a two kill league player, which means he'll automatically get 10 times more of the spotlight because he's also going to be playing in a lot more games than those guys did. So Mm -hmm. I I have a, I think it's a lot of pressure on Igimo too, though. Uh, You have to kind of embrace that because we we know you as the threes guy. We know you've been improving a lot in fives, but this is probably why the T Wolves ended up picking you. It's like we know you're going to be good in fives, but threes is threes is where we really want him. So I think from top to bottom that they're going to be solid. It's crazy. T Wolves gaming last year played the most games in the in the league in three v three. Dark. They played 148 three v three games. They went 93 and 55, winning percentage of 63 percent, and they were 15 and nine in series. You want to know something crazy about that team? They played the most games in the league, and not a single person who played a 3v3 minute for them last year, uh, besides Bear, will be starting on this team. Like, Kai Crazy. is gone, Shift A is gone, Slaughter's gone. Uh, they're just, you know, no more no more old T-Wolves. I, I, it's tough for me. I, here's my problem with this team. It's tough for me to put them in the contenders category because you're starting two rookies and a relatively unproven sub-goaded still, I think. I'm going to – how about this? I'm going to put them in the contenders category because I think by the end of this season, they will have it figured out a little bit more. I think this team is going to struggle early. I think they're going to get hit in the mouth a couple times. You know, what are they going to do? How are they going to adjust? I am I think this will be one of those teams that we come out of the first tournament and we're like, oh, their underlying numbers are really good, but they just couldn't get wins together. I think by the end of the season, they'll be a threat. If they're a late playoff seed, I think they could be a threat – I, I want to put them on the bubble, but I also don't want to be caught out of not calling them one of the best threes teams that we have this year. So I'm going to get out in front of it and put them in. Actually, do you know what? I'm, I'm talking myself out of it. I'm going on, I'm on the bubble. I'm going I'm to I'm stand on it. I, I, I On the bubble for me. I can respect it. I'm stand I, I think they're just, I they're, think just, they're so the, close. I just like I, I have to see it first to, to believe it. Yeah, I, I think that the, the growing pains that they'll have, like I feel like a lot of other teams is going to be the unorthodox style of defense that you have to play yeah, and how much communication it's going to take. And Tutak not being the most vocal guy, subcoded is a little bit quiet, but yeah. in actually in games, he talks a lot. He, he gets really hyped up. So I, I'll be more interested. I think like for so much in threes, I feel like offense is kind of the easiest part for a lot of teams. And then yeah. on the other side, you guys got to counteract it with the, the weird funky rotation style defense that you're going to have to play. Uh, communicate with your power forward to take risks. Like, are they going to drop? Like, how many times have we see DJ Two Cold last year? Like, be probably the guy who dropped most out of that corner every yeah. single time to always try to make a play and get some stops. So, I, I like that. I, I thought we were going to be going like toe to toe, dead no. even with no our way. ones. We, got we already got games. what three different teams. ones. Two, uh, different, two ones. different ones, back to back. All right, let's get to another one. Uh, Raptors uprising GC likely roster Ooh. of Antoine Love, Hom, and Crush. I'll go first on this one. I'm going to put them in the. I'm going to go on the bubble for them. Um, it's it's hard for me to say a team is a pretender when you have a talent like Antoine Love playing at guard in a on a lead build where guards are going to be able to cook. I think the reason why they're not contenders to me is I don't really have a lot 
of faith and the combination of Haman Crush to be like that over-the-top like defensive stopper. Like we saw last year, it's hard to get stops in this game mode. It really is. It's even harder to get consistent stops. And I feel like this team, you know, you you look at guys like Haman, you look at guys like Crush statistically, and in threes, I just don't know if they get the level of stops and steals and breaks that you need out of a team. I thought Haman was just okay in threes last year. I thought he was one of the big reasons why they never got over the top. It's a big season for him. I think there's too much talent in the league. I think this team will... I'll be surprised if this team makes the playoffs. I'll put it that way. If this team makes the playoffs, it'll be a big surprise to me. I think this will be one of those teams that we look at during the steal and we spend like a whole segment on the broadcast talking about how Antoine Love just needs to get hot for like three straight rounds and they can make the playoffs. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of go on that side and say the only way I think they make the playoffs is the steal. But I'll put them on the bubble just because of how good Love is. But if you say anything that you think are going to make it from the steal, wouldn't that technically make it pretenders? No, that puts them on the bubble. Because we because we saw teams last year that were competing in this deal that were were decent. I mean, like, the Pacers were the ultimate average team. I wouldn't call the Pacers a pretender, even though they made it to the final of the steal. The Magic, I don't think were pretenders. They were on the bubble all year. Do you know what it is? That. Any team that has a superstar in this league, to me, can't be a pretender. If you have a superstar, like a truly different level of player, you'll, you'll always be in contention in some way. Antoine Love is not going to make, he will make sure that this team isn't a pretender. He's yeah. Like my, my thing is, is like going back to like how, like I put the warriors, right? Like CB 13 mama. Yes. They could be high scoring guards, but Antoine loves like a different type of high scoring guard. He's probably one of the best scoring point guards I've seen ever come into the league, especially in a fashion that he did. So that's why I think they'll be safe. It's like, it's kind of like the opposite of what I have for the Warriors. I'm more worried about just Hom and crush to the point sure. that you bring it up but i do know that if you have a high scoring guard like this it's at least going to keep you in games so like this could be like a a kai situation from last year yeah Antoine love could go out there score 19 21 points every single game but does that mean they're going to come out with a win no it means it's going to play a lot of close <laughs> games um i don't want to put him in the pretenders because i don't think it's really enough like you said like with Antoine love because they're going to remain competitive so i'm, I'm yeah. going on the bubble uh for okay. them too uh, I have Raptors. a lot more faith in like an Antoine Love just, again, going toe-to-toe with the scorer every single time mm-hmm. and maybe hoping that they get a stop somewhere or they just get pushed them to the limits where like the game ends by hitting 25 or something. Yeah. Interested to see how Antoine Love does uh, on stage in threes. Uh, well, I guess yep. if, we, if they do make it to the playoffs. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 96 games played for the Raptors last year. They went 43-53. and 53. Uh, They played 19 series and went 7-12. It was a pretty dismal season. Uh, for Raptors Uprising, and they replaced two of their three members of the starting five. All right, Dirk, you got to go first. Pistons GT, your season five 3v3 champions, your season six 3v3 runner-ups. Oh, boy, buddy. What do you got? Easy contender. Easy. Get that one. Here's my question. I want to toss a question to you to frame the Pistons, okay? How can they be better than they were last year. Like what what's the like what level do they have to get to to actually win because they were so good last year. They they were within a hair of winning the finals again. But the problem is now is that the rest of the league has gotten better, Dirk. How how do they get there? How do they get over the hump and win another title? It's tough cuz they won the first tournament. Made that was runs. a very different game mode. The, I will yeah. say, the threes from the first season is very different from the threes that we're going to see this year. Well, I'm talking about in D.C., they won the first threes. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah. yeah, they won the... the and yeah. then what they made, I can't remember, they made a run the second or third one. I think it was a second tournament, second. right? Yeah. Yeah. And then 
the playoffs to run that they had. I, I guess like the only way you can go up from last year is that win two tournaments and then like make it to the finals again. Maybe you could be like, okay, that's a better season, but also to make it to the finals again is an incredibly tough feat, especially so when you're talking hard. about the three V three world. So, I mean, you could go, I, I mean, I, I would even call it a better year. Anytime you win a championship, I'll automatically make it the best year. So if you go to flat out, go win a championship with this team, which uh, with the experience that they have, especially bringing in Jomar too, I think bag motion was very special for this team. I think they just had an insane amount of chemistry. Yep. I think bringing Jomar in is almost going to like completely fill that void of not having him there. Oh, Cause I know how much time like Ant and the rest of the team dedicates to this mode. They have been one of the organizations that will put fives aside and just constantly scrim block threes over and over and over again. Yeah. Their work ethic for this mode has been the best out of any team in the league. And that's why the results have shown that the way that they have so far so, yeah, I think Anna Connor already having that chemistry. Obviously, they've been playing with Jomar in, in more towards fives in, in the offseason as well. But I think it's just I think it's going to flow perfect. Uh, like they're probably I'd have to go through maybe at the end of the video, make official prediction who's oh, going to actually will. win the title. But we like will. they 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 have to be up there. Like, honestly, like my my number one, okay. because anytime like you replace a talent with an even better talent or somebody who's right at that level is like, what, what are you going to do? Immediately drop them off. Mm -hmm. Obviously we don't have any Dukes Infinitos to, to go out there and be a favorite yeah. anymore. So that team would be the favorite again to win Uh Pistons GT 138, three, three games last year, second in the league behind the T wolves. They were 88 and 50. They played 22 series. They were 16 and six Dirk. They only lost six series last year and 22 tries. Ant, 12.3 points per game, two assists per game, 78% true shooting, 46% from three. Spammy and Bag were outstanding. Uh, Spammy was 61% from three, Dirk. Uh, Bag was almost 60% himself. Uh, their, their steal and block numbers were insane. Bag was averaging a, 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 a half a steal a 3v3 game. It, it's just insane, the level of production that they were putting up. And now they're adding in Jomar. Uh, you know, last year, Jomar, six points per game. Uh, 0.4 steals a game, 56% from three. I mean, if you're going to replace bag motion with anybody, you might as well, you might as well get the best guy out there for the job. And Joe yeah. is going to be absolutely fantastic. I have them in a, in the contender spot as well. Um, I, I think the fact that this team, if they win the title this year, or basically one bracket reset round away from three peating the three V three, uh, game mode is, is honestly one of the most incredible things I think 2k has ever seen. Um, they need to do it though. I, I think if there's any team in the league who has a target on their back in this game mode this year, it's this team. Um, you know, Ant always has a target on his back, being the MVP. But I'm not gonna lie to you, Dirk. You know, watching them last year, they really struggled to open up the year in three v three when they were trying to do the the inside with Ramo, and it just wasn't working out. And was shooting, missing a lot of threes, turning the ball over a ton. Uh, he obviously figured it out as the years goes, but there's not as much time this year. He's gonna have to get going from the very jump. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what this Pistons GT team has in season three or in the third season of three V three. See, I told you it was going to mess me up. I told you, I called it. <laughs> well, you, you just brought it up though too, right? The slow start was because Ramo was on the inside. Once yep. they got the switch over towards Connor. So I feel like going into the season, knowing, okay, this is, this is their threes lineup until it's done. Yeah. Like there, I don't think there's ever going to be a world where Mona comes into these games or beast move comes into one of these games. Like I, I just don't see it happening. So I definitely, I, my prediction for the Pistons that they're just going to come out and not skip a beat. I feel like okay. it's going to be a speed, the clockwork for them clock in clock out, you know, try to get the series over with as quick as possible. Try to lead and topple the group too. So 
I'm interested once we actually well we've seen the groups yeah. so we just can't release. The we'll we'll, we'll do we'll do the groups when we go over the slam. Uh, yeah. Pistons GT also had the best defense in three v three last year, allowing only 18.1 points per game. The only other team that matched that number was the team they played in the finals, Dukes Infinitos, with that incredible offense. 20.4 points per game for Dukes, man. They were just unbelievable. All right, let's get to next one. Pacers Gaming. This is a really difficult one, Dirk. Uh, I don't really know what their lineup is going to be. You got five guys who could all make an argument of playing, so I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to go with Cooks, J-Snags, and Ch Cooks, J-Snags, and Rain. I think is going to be. Yeah, I think that's that's what I would say too. Um, with slightly slight rumors about this team that the, it hasn't looked too great so far. I've heard that they're kind of in the middle. Um, and just I I like Cooks, I like J Snags, and I like Rain. I don't know where to put this team. I really struggle. I feel like I need a uh, a category in between contenders and on the bubble because I don't think they're contenders, but I don't think they're on the bubble. I think they are. Very, I, no, I think that they're very similar to what they were last year, which is like, I guess that's on the bubble, which is like, they are just outside the top 10 to me. Like, I, there, there's teams that I could list off that I think are better. There's a lot of teams in the league that I think that are, are worse. I just, I don't think I can call this team contenders. I think Jay Snags is outstanding. I think Cooks is really good. Rain is really good. Chess is really good. It just, I, I... I don't know. I almost think there's too much talent in the league and somebody has to lose games. And the Pacers showed not a lot of diligence winning last year. See, I got... So, I mean, you're, you're, like, to you're say they're contenders, where, where are you putting them? I'm putting them on the bubble. Because to say that okay. they're contenders is to say that they're in the same category for me as the Pistons and the Warriors. And I just don't see them in that category. Not yet, at least. They're good, though. Cooks is a very good 3v3 guard. Jay Snags is awesome. Rain is awesome. Like, they got good players. It's just... I, I, I need to, I need, I'm going to put them in the same category that I put the T wolves. I need to see it. I need to see this team work. I need to see this team be able to win big series. Cause all they did last year was lose. So I need to see it. Hmm. Harsh for me is leading towards pretenders. Pretenders is, is leading towards the bubble. Wow. Why pretenders? Why are you so low on the Pacers? Are you going to, well, actually, <laughs> because they pretenders had, or on the bubble, which one do you like? They had like three opportunities to clinch a playoff spot last year where they controlled their entire destiny and they failed. And granted, yes. I, I have a lot of faith in Jay Snags and Rain. Um, I saw Cooks. The Cooks was good last year, but he had those series where he completely faded. Yeah. A couple of those games where he was just like, "What? What is going on with Cooks?" And it put them in really, really bad situations. So that's why, like, kind of part of me wants to go pretenders for him. It's so tough. Gotta get you, get you, get you, get you, get your prediction in. On the bubble, contenders, pretenders, or yikes! Parentheses, fart noise. Definitely not yikes fart noise. Fart, yikes fart noise. Um, I'll, I'll go, I'll go on the bubble. Okay. And reason being for that, which I, like, the more I keep looking at this, the more I'm like, damn, I did really put the Warriors in this spot. I think what Jay Snags showed me in threes last year was better than almost like any other lockdown that I'd see with the plays that he was making. Yeah. I think with how Rain really started to step up his play was good. Chess was great for this team. Like he he was like the one piece. I was like, man, the way he's moving Chess the shot, so he's fun. taking. That was a lot. The of fun. one the one thing though, I would liked a lot more from Chess was three point hunting. 
Yeah. Where like he was like going inside a little bit too much, but when he was taking threes, they were like game changing threes. I think Cooks is going to bring that dynamic of actually getting more threes up on a regular basis and, and showing that kind of threat and that kind of attack. Now, would it surprise me if at any point they go, okay, Cooks, put you on the bench with spring and chess? Yep. Not really. Um, I could I could definitely see something like that happening. But yeah, that's why I, I Jay Snags honestly carries this for on the bubble for me. I think when you have a game changing guy like that uh, going out there doing the things that he's doing, so yeah. I'll, I'll slap the Pacers on the bubble. Yeah, Jay Snags, you got to give Jay Snags the the blue chip title. That 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 man is a blue chip player. Elite. See, you you had the the issue of like you need something between contenders and on the bubble or whatever. Need I need something between on, on the, the bubble, bubble and pretenders. pretenders. <laughs> that's pretenders. <laughs> yeah, that's pretenders because they can put them in the yikes uh, parentheses fart noise category. Uh, <laughs> all right, Nets gaming crew uh, likely going to be greens, streets, and steez again. Um, Derek, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm slotting this team right in my contenders category. I am I am. The highest on Nets GC, I think, in this community. Because I think I am one of the great believers in Greens. Uh, he is still one of the best guards I've ever seen in my life. And I think year two, Greens should be terrifying for everybody. Um, streets and Steez, I think, are going to need to take a step forward this year. They're just going to have to. Mm. But I think Greens is going to be so good that this team is going to be a playoff team. Um, if he slips, this team isn't going to make the playoffs. But... I think there are just some guys in this league who are truly transcendent, and I think that Greens, from a talent perspective this year, is going to put them over the top. Uh, I've heard good things about him. I've heard that Streets and Steez are still figuring things out. But this is a team, to me, that might take a little while to warm up. But eventually, once they get going, I think you're going to see them rip off four, five, six series wins in a row at times uh, if this team's able to get hot. Streets and Steez shooting out of the corner last year, uh, not too shabby at all. Uh, streets I have down at 57.8% and Steez I have down at 65.6%. So two good shooters out of the corner. You got Green's a guy who's going to score like crazy. I, I really, really like this team. Nets are a contender for me. Uh, also, I didn't do uh, the team stats. Uh, hold on. Uh, ba 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 Pacers gaming last year, 103 games played, 56 and 47. They were 11 and nine in series. Then last year, the Nets 65 and 64, and they were 11 and 11 in series. A lot because they started off really slow, and then man, we hit the switch, Dirk. We hit the switch, and uh, so did Greens. Greens hit the switch. Yeah, uh, I'll go with contenders for them too. Dang. A lot of for the same reasons what you said. I just the one thing I missed, I think, from Streets. I got it a little bit from Steve's was just like those game changing defensive plays. Yeah. I think that's That was just something that there was a big lack of, I think at times too. streets offense, especially off the dribble was a little bit funky and a little bit questionable would get himself open, find himself a good look, but then just wouldn't be able to capitalize on it. And I think it's always good for your, whenever you can kind of take that, uh, that pressure off your guards in a three V three game, just because of how much pressure they have. But I feel like, Green's jump while he was already great. I think he's just going to take it to another level. Uh, yeah. I think that he's just going to be one of those players. So again, another one of these teams don't really worry about the guard play this one. I'm honestly not really super worried about the defense. So to take a little bit of a leap. And I think that a little bit, it will be a difference maker, but I also want to see the longevity of this team throughout the season. Yeah. It's like what well, they started off really hot. Then things just kind of started getting a little weird. You started seeing progressively start losing more. So it's it's always hard when you're going through a season. Do you want to be the hot starter and then finish it like slow? Do you want a slow start and then start to pick things up going down the stretch? Yeah. Well, I'm excited for the Nets. I'm excited for Green's Green's year two. 
uh, last year's rookie of the year, MVP candidate. Really, really was a lot of fun last year. So excited to see what he does this year with the new regions, by the way. Um, obviously, we're gonna, he's going to be on the East Coast. So be that's Knicks, that's Celtics. Be a lot of fun. All right, NBL all, and oh, sorry, I, I did this wrong. NBL all's gaming. Uh, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I messed that one up bad. Uh, C's bag motion plu. Uh, Derek, you can go first with the with the ruse. Angry kangaroos. Oh, he's got his thinking face on. Uh oh. NBL, you're in trouble. Dirk's got his thinking face on. Uh this actually is one of the toughest ones out of all the ones we've had so far to decide on. Oh yeah. Why is that? Because you have C's. Cease, 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 sorry, Cease, who has been great, just a great threes guard, like, with a scoring ability. Then you bring in Bag Motion, who easily is the best 3v3 player, maybe even arguably just best player on this entire team. Yeah. So you have to factor in that experience. Then you have Plu, who has historically been a terrible defensive power forward. Yes. Was also a big cause of concern for them in threes last year. I, I I thought he could shoot. Same thing. That Hornets team was a disaster. I'm gonna go pretenders. Wow. Okay. Um, I don't see this team having near the success that they had last year. Right of of constantly making the stage in both game modes. I put a lot of that just kind of on the on Plu because I know how important that defensive power four position is going to be in threes because that's the one thing over the past two years that has always stuck. The power four position in threes is the one who's probably capable of making the most game-changing plays. Because while you're just giving up these rim runs, guess who's the only person that's going to stop them? Power forward just dropping and sending it out of the corner. Yeah. So I will put them there. I mean, I have a lot of faith in, in C's and bag motion, but I, I think when you have the power forward being the weak link, I think that's where things really start to struggle. I don't think we see Harry. I don't think that we're end up going to ever see Milo. And I know Milo, I think, has been playing a lot of threes just to like get prepped just in case he has to. Yeah. But I mean, even if that's the case, yeah, I'll, I'll put them in there. I, it's not going to be yikes fart noise because no. for that, you would have to have a colossal meltdown with your lineup. So I'll, I'll put pretenders. I don't see them being on the bubble. Um, and I don't see them being a contender in threes. Okay. We're going to deviate here. I'm, I'm going on the bubble for them. I, I actually am going to put a, a star next to this team. Cause I think they could be one of our late, uh, late runners for a playoff spot. I'm actually really, really high on this team. Uh, I think if you look at C's underlying analytics over the past couple of years, he has proven to be probably one of the five to seven best three V three guards in the league. Uh, I think his biggest problem with the fact, bless you, I, you know, Dirk, it's funny. I think his biggest issue is the fact that whenever C's made mistakes, they were always immediately punished in the worst way possible because he never had teammates that would legitimately put themselves in, like, could legitimately get consistent stops and make sure that whenever he did make mistakes that they wouldn't get immediately punished. This team is built to mitigate Seize's mistakes. If he makes mistakes, Bag Motion and Plu and Bag Motion and Milo, in my opinion, are going to be able to make up for that through talent, through stops, through turnovers, through fast breaks. Seize is finally going to be given a real team like this is a team with with like like game plans and like defensive stuff like this is <laughs> a thought, real team i thought you were about to say this is a team this with a, th players. It's, a team. <laughs> it's like i dude i feel like he's been in 3v3 purgatory for the last two years do, do people not remember that in season five sees sees was like one of the best guards in the league in this yeah. game mode he got them to the playoffs they were amazing they they flamed out on stage 
it, I, I really believe in this team. I'm not going to put the contenders tag on them because I have the same worry that you do about Plu and Milo on the back end in terms of either shooting for Milo or stops for Plu. I feel like they're always going to have one of those issues on one end. But honestly, man, the combination of C's and bag motion is going to win them so many games by themselves that I think the issues with Plu and Milo will be mitigated. I have this team as like the ninth best team in the 2K League, which puts them like right on the bubble. I think they're right outside the contenders category, but man, if, if Plu or Milo figure it out and sees this as good as the underlings have said for him the past couple years, I don't know. Moody yeah. might have done it again. Yeah, also, I, happy I, birthday, Moody. I, I think, too. Oh, happy birthday, Moody. Yeah. Um, I think, like, with bag motion, it's kind of been built up to, like, that Pistons GT camp to, to elevate his defensive game. Bag motion's biggest job that he's going to have is with C's and Plu getting them on that same defensive rotation base and try to emulate as much of the Pistons that as possible. Yeah. C's isn't the greatest defender. I don't think of that ever. There's some guards that we look at and we're like, damn, he's a good combo guy. Great scorer, great defensive guy. Mm -hmm. You're basically going to have to have C's almost play like Ant, which is going to be very tough. A lot of guards have tried. They have failed. So that's, that's another reason bringing that up instead of just being so offensive-driven mindset, that's another reason why I have them in the pretenders as well. 13 points per game, 1.5 assists per game, 85% true shooting percentage for C's last year. He's he's filth, man. He's filth in this game mode. Uh, I should say for NBL, uh, Jaden, Law, Rich, and DJ Tuchold were their team last year. All three of those guys are gone. NBL was quite good last year. They played 130 games, 73-57. and 57. Uh, they were 15 and eight in series. Uh, they they played great ball last year, Dirk. It is kind of a shame that we don't get to see year two of that team. But uh, I, I have a lot of faith in this team. I I think they're going to be pretty good. So they're on the bubble with an asterisk for me. Uh, now we get to Mavs gaming. Uh, do you want to go first, or should I go first on this one? Oh, uh, you can take this one. Okay. Um, this is actually going to be my first pretenders tag of the show. Uh, I hate doubting Dayfry in any sort of competitive fashion, especially with 2K. I just don't I just don't know how this team constantly stays above 500. I feel like this team is going to run into a lot of teams that are simply better than them. And as good as Dayfry is, when he was good in this game mode, I feel like it was a whole lot different. Like it was just a different style, it was a different way to play, it was a different it was a different world back then. And I feel like Jarcity and Dayfry is a good back end. I just don't really have faith in Cap and Fana as like a 3v3 backcourt. Like, I think Fana is good. I think Cap is good. I just think other teams in the league have better trios in this team. I think the Fana Jar City Dayfry or Cap Jar City Dayfry, I worry that that is a 500 roster. Like, maybe not terrible. Like, I don't think they're, they're yikes fart noise. But if this, if, if this team comes out and their record in series is like, I don't know, 10 and 9. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Or like eight and nine or something. Like, mm. I just won't be surprised that they uh, struggle a little bit. I mean, last year, you know, they were a totally different team, but you know, 38 and 53 in games, they were six and 12 in series. I think they'll be better than that. Um, but I feel like some team, some, somebody in this league has to absorb losses. And I just worry this Mavs team is going to get uh, harangued by them early in the year. Um, for me, I'm going to go with, Oh, this is tough. I'm going to go with the Mavs on the bubble. Um, I have been like when, when I always said this, when Fanta got into the NBA 2K league, he played the worst 3v3 league build that we have had in its early stages. It was the low overall builds 
the gameplay was pretty slow and sluggish, which did not fit his gameplay. And still, you know, he was making some noise with the Raptors and that five is just atrocious. I always said last year, I'm like, man, if Fanta was in the league right off the jump playing 3v3 with this type of structure, the man would be a dog. I think he played in some community teams. I don't know if they ever really made like a true run in it. I remember when we jump over to some of his games, some big plays here and there. But I think it's just different when you're actually a part of a team. You can invest your whole life into this and practicing and getting better. That's why I have them on the bubble. Um, obviously, I don't really worry about Day Friedall. Uh, Jar City is just going to have to be coached up by one of them. And, and, you know, which way do they flip it? Is Jar City going to be the four Day Fry at the lock? Because we know how good he, well, I mean, was a couple years ago at getting the bump steals. Obviously, the game's a little bit different now with the way that you kind of have to play some of these lanes. So that's why I'll put them on the bubble. I am expecting a massive year coming up from Fanta in threes. Um, and if not, then I think it's kind of one of those things like, well, like your league lifespan is officially done. Came in, you weren't very good. You're getting another opportunity with this type of structure where you're playing threes first. You have to come out and try to make a statement. So I do have faith that this team can can try to pull something out here. So I'll put them on the bubble. You're muted. Okay, on the bubble it is, as I <laughs> unmute myself from coughing. Uh, all right, down to Orlando. Magic Gaming. Dirk, you can go first. Uh, oh, Magic sorry, let me, let me do my thing. Unguardable, Jay Bullen, Loki, Godlight, the likely lineup for this team. Magic Gaming last year was 47 and 64, one of the biggest disappointments of the year. They were 5 and 14 in series, Dirk. 5 and 14. They were god awful. And here contender. They are again. And we're putting them in the contender category. <laughs> Why? Uh, Unguardable was always phenomenal. Uh, now you're putting Jay Bullen in there, who's going to play lock for this team. He's going to be a dog. Loki, godlike. I mean, just look what he did last year. Uh, it, it was nasty, the things that he were doing. You just paired on guard up with, with two phenomenal players, and you paired him up with easily the best big man that we have in the 3v3 mode. So I think a lot of those woes that they had last year are definitely going to dwindle away. I mean, this is a team that, with their lives on the line to get the DC, we're like, let's bring on an inside center. They're not going to have to worry <laughs> about that. They're not, they don't have to worry about that desperation anymore. They have structure right off the jump. Unguardable is still playing some of the best, that crazy leap that he took. Immediate contenders for me. Immediate contenders for you. I am going to join you on that track, Dirk. I think this is the best team uh, on the East Coast. Uh, out, you know, I don't know. If, I don't think Detroit's considered East Coast. So, yeah, I think the Magic are the best team uh, that we have on the East Coast. I think they are going to dominate a lot of teams this year. Uh, I think the unguardable Loki godlike combo by themselves would probably win over 50% of their games, maybe nearing the 60%, regardless of who you put at lock. It could be an average lock, and I think those two would climb their way to the top. Uh, but Jay Bullen, I think, is such a great addition to this team. His 3v3 know-how, his defense is going to be awesome. And just to give some more context on how – just I think we forget how good Loki Godlike was last year. I feel like we stopped talking about it midway through the year because, you know, 5v5 and we take certain things more seriously than others. Let me just put into perspective how good Loki Godlike was last year, okay? Loki Godlike, 5.5 points per game, 2 rebounds a game, a half a steal a game, 88% true shooting, and Dirk, he was 58% from 3 on the highest amount of any popper in the league. This dude was a sensation. Yeah. Um. He was incredible, and I'm excited to see what he does with Unguardable, who should create even more space for him. Um, and then he's going to have a lock who can shoot, which Hez could not do last year. So it's going to make all the difference in the world for both of these for for both of these guys. And uh, I'm very excited for Magic Gaming Basketball this year. I've been very high on them in all the podcasts. Uh, it is time for this team to start getting some public pressure to be good. So consider this their public pressure to be good. 
uh, it's it's kind of now or never. So contenders yeah. for me on Magic Gaming. All right, on to Lakers Gaming. Uh, it's likely going to be Shifty Kai, Crazy, and Yo VC. Um, I uh, God, I don't know what to do with this team, Derek. I, I have a lot of trouble because on one hand, okay, on one yeah. hand they they have Shifty Kai, Crazy, and Yo VC on the same team, and I'm just gonna. Put that out there that that is one of the best trios that we have in the league, okay? That's on one hand. On the other hand, is this team going to care? And are they going to get their act together this year in a way where they are going to consistently be able to string together wins and develop chemistry in this game mode? My answer is I have absolutely no idea. Trending towards probably not, so I'm putting them on the bubble. I If this team is above 500... They, they might be like the third or fourth best record in the league. I'm serious. Like, if they try, they're going to be one of the best in the league. But, like, if they struggle early, I have a feeling that this team might kind of show their belly and start focusing on fives. So, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but not optimistic enough to call them contenders. Man, I, I'm kind of like... Uh, like I'm just leaving Kai to the equation because I know what I'm getting from Kai. Like I, I saw enough last year. Like he he's gonna be a stud for this team. Uh, like so many other things are Lakers gaming. Like I think we I don't know for sure if we had a conversation on the pod or somewhere else. It's like crazy's almost losing his aura as being one of like the best to be in the league and one of the best to play the game. Just does because he, does he deserve been, the aura anymore? I think is yeah, a better question. Right? He's so drafted like number one overall. And like look, I'll just say this, and I don't mean to call the kid out, but like. At some point, he's going to have to get the same pressure put on him that we put on other players of his caliber. Like, I feel like we very much ignore this team and how many issues the team has had the past couple of years. And obviously, that's not all on him. But, like, he's still the only one there. <laughs> They've gone through all these problems. And it's the same stories we hear behind the scenes every single year. Like, at, at some point, it has to come to a head, right? It has to. Well, okay. So, like, the way I'm looking at it, right? So. Last year at guard, they had uh, Duck and Ryan. Well, they were mostly just Duck, right? Yeah. The year before was the most success they've had as an organization were in Indy, and they had Reg at the point guard position, right. and they, they were playing phenomenal. And then I think what it got to the – was it the playoffs where they got smoked? Yes. Well, they, they did – I think, yeah, they got to the playoffs and lost to the Bucks. I think. Was it the Bucks? No. And that was Whatever. still – I know Tutak was going in the lineup, but I know they had Crazy and Green too nice too out there. I'm pretty sure it was Reg, Crazy Green, too nice, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. It was the, the starting three. Yep. So, like, because part of me, when you're looking at this, right, and again, just knowing the mindset, the body language that we constantly see from all these players except Shifty Kai has always just been down, don't really care about the mode, getting your ass busted, you're smiling on the camera. It's like... The only person that cared was Duck. Duck put left yeah. it all out there, man. And, and so, like, part of me wants to go pretenders, but I also know when you're have players with that mindset of I don't give a shit, it's because you're getting your ass whooped. And more importantly, you're not having a guard who's taking over games. It is a lot more fun playing 2K when you're spotting up and you're setting screens when you know you have a guard who can go out there and score all 21 points for you. With Reg, they have that. With Duck, they didn't have that. With Kai, they do have that. So I think that's just going to motivate everybody. I, I really think Kai and the presence that he is going to bring is going to just, the levels for everybody in his team is going to go up. So for that, I'm not going to put pretenders. I will put on the bubble, but it, okay. 
deep down on the bubble. Deep, deep on the bubble. Yeah, they're, they're, they're on the, the round. They're on the most round part of this damn bubble. Deep in the bubble. Uh, all right, on to our next team, Knicks Gaming. Uh, I think this uh. team will likely be the same thing we had last year: original Malik, Stick, and Radiant. Uh, there is the possibility that Feast could get thrown in there, but I'm just not 100% sure that it's going to work out. Uh, I want to put this team in contenders because I think that they are so good, and I think that Stick is really good. I think that Malik is good. So I'm going to do that. I I'm going to trust that Knicks Gaming is not going to make a fool of themselves with the roster that they have, and that if Radiant doesn't work out, they can slot in Feast and probably be just as good. I'm going to put this team in the contenders category. They should be competing with... Magic Gaming, they should be competing with the best teams on the East Coast in order to get through these uh, through these group stages. They bet they have to be in the playoffs. Like There's just no excuse for a team with this much talent being really good. So I'll put them in the contenders. Oh, I mean, from the results last year, played phenomenal. Glow Navy is not going to be back Glow in Navy. the same fashion this year. <laughs> okay, so Glow Navy can't hurt them anymore, Dirk. So there's that, and then... Hmm. I want to put contenders, but I'm also kind of jumping over to pretenders almost too. It, like I said, I, I I don't know like what what's your thought process with pretenders in this. I'm more looking of like, damn, you really showed me how good you were last year, but you also just showed me how vulnerable you were in some of the matchups that you lost on the biggest stage. Pretenders so like, for me are are teams that I think just don't have it this year. Like I, I think you look at them and you're like, this is. Not I look at I look at them as like a hyped up roster. That like, oh my god, like this team's gonna win, and then they just don't sniff it. Like they okay. like they make it there, well, but they don't they, get there. I mean, pretenders for me are are resident bad teams. Pretenders for me are basically the teams that I don't think will make the playoffs. On the bubble teams are things are teams that I think might make the playoffs, and then contenders are teams that I definitely think are gonna make the playoffs. And then I've been adding notes about which teams I think are title contenders along the oh, way. So we have two different viewpoints for pretenders. Yeah, that's okay. I I look at like overhyped. I don't look as bad. We could, we should have probably put a category for well our bad categories. Yikes! Fart noise. Yeah, I might have one of those. I might have one of those. So we'll I got, I got one. Oh, you I do. We okay. probably have the same we, one. We might have the same uh, one. All right. So next gaming, uh, what are you gonna put for him? Um, let me put them on the bubble. On the uh, bubble. I like the moves that they did make, but that's like a fives moves that what they made. They're gonna come out here with the exact same threes roster probably. Which means Radiant's gonna have to play to the four, which you know I'm never really a fan of your point guard who is a high scoring guy yep. not playing the guard position uh, for you in this mode. So yeah, I, I'll put them on the bubble. It'll be, it'll be hard, I feel like, for them to have that same success as last year. I mean, and if they do have that same success, are they gonna crash out and lose to community teams? Um, are they gonna choke when it matters most? And I, I think even if you decide to switch things up, I don't think putting Feast or Sick at all is is the correct answer. Both those guys don't like the threes mode as is. I, I'm very interested to see how this Knicks team goes. I'm much also interested to see, like, what, what do we get out of Malik this year, man? Like, is this going to be superhero Malik year? Like, I've already talked about how we should be having MVP conversations or be putting MVP expectations on Malik. With this yeah. roster, with the expectations that they have in both modes, like, we got to talk about how, you know, Malik might be one of those guys at the end of the year. So, if he gets there, Dirk, I think they're a contender. If he doesn't get there, I think they're on the block. And that might be unfair expectations, but this is what year? Is this his sixth year in the league? This is season six for Malik. Two, yep. three, four, five, six. Yeah, this is season six for him. So there's ever a time to happen. It's now. Uh, all right. Kingsguard Gaming. Uh, likely team of score, Bray, and kick. Uh, I'm going to put this team in the pretenders category. Uh, I think they'll be fun. 
Uh, I'm very excited to watch Kingsguard Gaming Basketball this year, Dirk. I, I promise you that. I will be watching Kingsguard Gaming Basketball. Uh, I'm interested to see how score plays. I'm interested to see how kick and, and Bray look. But unfortunately, Dirk, I just don't think this team is going to be very good. And I'd be surprised if they were able to rack up wins uh, in, in the way that we'd want them to. And they were just truly awful last year. 26-55. And, and then they were 5-13 and 13 in series. Uh, I didn't mention that the Knicks last year were 71-42 and 42 and 15-5 and five in series. They were excellent. So interested for another excellent year for the Knicks. Uh, for the Kings, like I said, pretender. They just don't have enough talent for me. Uh, where do you have them? Um, I'm going to go hmm, probably pretender. Again, I, I, it takes a lot. Like that, that, We should have probably added another thing in between. It's too late now <laughs> to do that, but for future reference for like fives. Because like, like, I don't think the Kings are really going to do much, but I also don't think they're at the point of like, I mean, oh, we can yikes, change pretender. We can change pretender to meh. Nah, fuck it. We're ready to <laughs> um, uh, Just for the sake of that, again, uh, I'll, I'll probably go pretender for it. Uh, okay. I was close to yikes fart noise. I'm going to be honest with you. Just from okay. more of like the defensive side of things. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of like average across the board, but I don't think it's uh, it's it's worth putting them all the way in that that down category. So I'll, I'll just go pretenders. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, pretenders for me. Th this team is going to going to get slapped. A couple of times, and it's going to be a bit ugly. Uh, Jazz Gaming. A very weird year for Jazz Gaming uh, last year, Dirk. They were 67-63. and 63. They played 133v3 games. They were 11-9 in series. They did not make the playoffs. They bowed out in the steal. We, just when we thought that the Jazz were going to be good last year, Dirk, they weren't. And now they have a brand new guard and what seems like a brand new big in Justin Kaze and Miami, no Rhea, no rec combos anymore in the most likely lineup for the Jazz. I have been hearing iffy things about this team, Dirk. I'm going to put them on the bubble. Um, I'm not confident enough to say that the team is a contender. I like Kaze. I like Justin. I think Miami's a good player. Uh, I just, I, I think this team is worse with Rhea. I think, I think this team is worse without Rhea on the court. And until Rhea is on the court, for me personally, no offense to Miami or Kaze or, or even Justin, until Rhea is on the court, I think this team has their best player on the bench. And I don't think you can win with your best player on the bench. So, on the bubble until Rhea plays. Yeah, I'm going to go. I, I'm going to put. I'm going to put Jazz in Pretenders. Ooh, Pretenders. Okay. I, I think the run, like, years ago. Right when we were talking about the team handles with Elite, Kaze, and Miami, how good they were. Now they kind of gone their separate ways and, you know, really haven't played together. I think they tried playing together before the league this past year, and there's just a bunch of drama with all of them going down again. I think Kaze and Miami have always been on one side and an Elite on the other side. I don't know if that same type of chemistry and that same type of vibe and that same type of like intensity that we have seen from them before is really going to translate over with like being a part of an organization. I don't know. It's just the, the weird feeling that I get and a lot of it too, right? Because Rhea is going to be breathing right down Miami's neck. If Miami just starts folding, maybe he's not playing as well. Things aren't going well. Guess who's going to be the one to get replaced It's 1000% going to be him. What kind of issues is that going to cause? So I yeah. feel like this is a team that people are probably looking at like, Oh man, like they're, they're probably going to be some dogs and threes. 
I could just see this team with all this hype immediately just being one of these teams that's just like completely out of the picture. I'm so I'm, like, I'm worried for them. I agree yeah. with you. I, I and, and again, I, I I shouldn't be putting too much on him. I just like I, I still think the Justin pick wasn't a good one. I, I don't think he was ready for the league. He's a very good threes player, but we'll see. I'm I'm excited to watch Justin. I'm I don't think they'll be bad enough to be pretenders though. I think this team will be scrappy, but I understand why you put them there. Uh, all right, Hornets Venom GT. You get to go first. Um, Hornets Venom. Let's see. I think we'll be in the uh, same spot with them personally. Uh, I'm going to go on the bubble yeah. with them. Okay. I, I like the way they've kind of revamped things with this. Uh, Trey Dollars with how good, but kind of shocked everybody how good he was in threes last year. Um, definitely with him starting, I think it's going to be phenomenal. Uh, Fluke Lock, a big saint. I like a lot of stuff with the Hornets. The only way things go south is if things in that locker room just implode. Yeah. As long as everything stays good, all the vibes stay in check, this team is going to be phenomenal. Um, I don't know if it's going to be enough to really put them in that contenders category. I really just want to see what the, the vibes are truly going to be like, but I definitely think with Trey's offense, it's going to be enough to try to keep you in contention with it. Um, obviously knowing from fluke lock and Saint, you know, Saint probably going to end up playing power forward. I would guess just yeah, kind of keep it I'd that way. But I mean, we saw like last year, if they had the proper guard play, I think that team would have had a completely like flipped around 180 3v3 season. So I'll, I'll put the Hornets on the bubble. Okay. I I'm going to join you there as well. Uh, I'm going to be an on the bubble man for the Hornets. It's not, I think they're just outside of the top 10. Like, I think they're just going to miss out. I like the team too. I think they're going to be in every game. Uh, to me, I think they'll be very similar to like a team like we saw with kind of the Nets last year where. You know, their record isn't necessarily going to be good, but the team itself is good. The Nets kind of got lucky last year and snuck into the playoffs. I feel like the Hornets aren't going to be able to do that this year. I mean, they're going to be way better than they were, than they were last year. Last year, they yeah. were 28 and 61, and they were 5 and 15 in series. They were absolute dog shit. They were terrible. <laughs> uh, they were so bad. They were, the, they were literally the worst 3v3 team ever. Uh, they're going to be way better than that this year. Uh, I think they will compete for the playoffs. I think they will compete for tournaments. But I just don't know if this team's going to get over the hump. So, or over the bubble. So, on the bubble for me, it is. Uh, Heat Check Gaming. You want to go first on this one, or can I have them? Uh, you go ahead. I'm slapping this team square in the contenders category, baby. I am all in on Heat Check Gaming this year. All in. Um, there's just, okay. I need, I need to just put this out there, okay? I, I am so frustrated with the way we talk about Kai Iverson from last year. It's so frustrating to me because all we talk about are the turnovers. That's it. That's all anybody talks about. And by the way, he had less turnovers for ga per game than some of everybody's favorite 3v3 guards. He had less turnovers per game than Killy. He had less turnovers per game than Greens. He had less turnovers per game than Gallo. He had less turnovers per game than Chess. He had less turnovers per game than a lot of people. And also, he's the best goddamn scoring guard in this game mode. 13.3 points per game. 85% true shooting. 53% from three. Dirk, this man's underlying statistics are that of the MVP of the league. And yet, can you explain to me how this Heat team last year went 38 and 50 and 6 and 12 in series? They did it with no defense. So they brought in Maddie and they're putting in Dietrich officially down low. This team is making the playoffs and Kai is going to get this team, I think, to the final four this year. I just, he's too good for them to be that bad this year. Again, it's impossible. He is too good. There's no way, Dirk. 
there's no way they're going to blow that many games again. It's not possible. It is statistically impossible. It's like the NFL team that makes it to the playoffs by winning like nine one-score games out of 17. They can't possibly lose that many games to close it out again. I'm going contenders for the Heat. They're going to be damn good. Uh, so you're a good salesman because I had him on the bubble there for a second, but Bam. I also get intimidated. Like, how many teams can I put on the bubble realistically in this league? I am keeping my <laughs> contenders list to, like, I have one two three four five six i have i think two more teams of giving a contender tag to okay um i'm gonna i'll throw a contender on it i feel like out of a lot of people out there i think even on the broadcast team too kai was like my dude that i'm like this guy should be in the conversation rookie of the year yeah like he, individual skill wise he probably should have been rookie of the year at least if, if it depends how much people factor in threes I love the way the guy played. He played with flair, but just also kind of like that Antoine Love feel he gave me in fives, which I never got from Kai. It's kind of how I feel like Antoine Love is going to play threes, exactly how Kai ended up sure. playing threes. So, yeah, I feel like bringing in Maddie, who last year, a little bit of ups and downs. Like, he had that crazy stretch when the Magic was thriving where his defense was phenomenal. He's making crazy plays, hitting some big shots out of the corner. Need more of that from him throughout the rest of it. I think Dietrich is riding this different level of high right now coming in from this past offseason going into the league. And I think he's just kind of embracing and really showing how much better he has gotten since he came into the league yeah. too. So, yeah, I'll, I'll slot them down as a contender out there in the East. They're replacing D, who couldn't stop anybody last year and shot 50, shoot. He shot 51% from, from three and 78% true shooting, okay? They're replacing D at 2.2 points per game with Maddie at 4.5 points per game, 83% true shooting, and 54% from three. Like, Maddie, Maddie is an all-around better player than D. And if Dietrich gets all the minutes this year, I'm high on the heat. And I think that might be slightly unpopular. I don't know what it is with people and Kai. Maybe it's because he's, like, not a conventional guard and people just, like, rejected him immediately, but... I, I feel like we're looking, we're, we're missing, do you know what the term is? We're missing the forest between the trees here. We're, we're missing the forest when it comes to a guy like Kai. Kai led the league in scoring last year. He led the league in scoring as a rookie by a lot, by the way. I don't know if you looked at this, Dirk. I have this down. Kai had, excuse me, I'm losing my voice. Kai, 13.3 points per game. The next highest was C's at 12.9. He was almost a half a point higher than the next guy. It's scoring. It's crazy. He's insane. Uh, contenders for them. Go to the Hawks before I blow another gasket on the heat. Oh, hold up. Uh, sorry. I, I, I'm watching the game off to the side. Yeah, what game are you watching? In Miami versus Real Salt Lake. Has Messi scored uh, um, yet? So I was just about to say this. Messi just had a, like, was doing his little trot, running straight down. Kind of messy, kind of messy, kind of messy. Just got tackled from behind. I think he has a shot, a free kick that he's taking from about... I would say 25 yards out. So go last I'm going to I'm going to record a live reaction cuz I right. think he's going to score this. <laughs> we interrupt this 3v3 preview to oh, look give at you this. a 39-year-old so Messi update. We got Messi right now recording a podcast with my guy so, Harris. I think Messi's about to bag this. I don't know if he will. If he does, if he bags this, this will be the stuff of legend. Drop a follow if he does. Dude, if he if oh, he okay. if he scores. Come on. If he scores, it'd be crazy. They're literally flooding. It's like a FIFA right now. They're flooding in the front of the net. There's like, bro, they they have two guys on each goalpost. They score. It went over. Aww. Damn it. That could have been sick. <laughs> I'll probably still upload it. Dude, they had double goalposts with two players. They're just so they just terrified. A, oh, yeah, oh, 
He almost got the defender headed the ball away. Ooh. It was literally FIFA cheese. FIFA cheese. <laughs> Give me Hawks talent GC. What do you got, Mr. Messi? Um, sorry, we're we're back. Uh, okay. Oh man, I. You can do it. It's okay. You can say it. Pretenders. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I like. I don't know. They, they, I think it's going to be a team that's going to be good in fives. I just, I don't really know for like the threes world. I don't know what to expect from MDS and Mo. Cause guess what? When you get to see the number one overall pick play at the guard position in this mode, ah. um, <laughs> underrated goat saw what we could see from him, from the team. Eh. Best bait. No clue. Uh, I think this is one of the more affirmative pretenders that I've been able to, to slap on it. MDS is going to have to be like one of the five to seven best guards in the league for this team to get close to the playoffs. And, and it's not that Goat and Bait are bad. It's just that so many other teams have better threes and fours than them. Uh, yeah. I'm excited to see Goat, though, away from the Sixers. I'm ready to see like what he's truly made of because if there was a season that you know the Hawks needed him to really like step up and become one of the best locks in the league, it, I mean, he needs to be for them what Law Rich was for NBL last year. I'm not sure if he has that in them, but we'll see. Uh, I'm going pretenders for the Hawks, too. Um, I'm excited that they finally realized that they need to use the number one overall pick as their lead 3v3 guard. Genius. Um, very excited for that. Uh, but I think surrounding him with goat and bait. I don't know about that one, Chief. <laughs> I just don't know. So I'll go pretenders with them, too. Uh, okay. Grizz Gaming. Vandy, Icy, Odon. Derek, you want to go first or can I go first? You go first. I went first last time. Oh, I so badly want to put them in the contenders category. Oh, I so badly want to do it. I want I do it. I want it to be I all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this. Guys, people ask me all the time, like, you know, you, you know, they tell me all the time that I'm biased and that I'm biased towards certain teams. It's not often that I admit my bias towards certain players and certain teams, but I want everybody to know that if there's one player in the league that I'm always biased towards, it is Vandy. It is the great Vandini. <laughs> he is one of my favorites. He always has been. It's just fun watching him play the game of 2K. I've always loved seeing what he's able to do because he can always pull the rabbit out of the hat. Uh, I'm going to actually replace one of the teams uh, on the contenders list. Mm, can and, you do that? No, like on the, one of the teams that I had up like next coming up, that was, oh, gonna be a okay, contender. Okay. and I am going to put Grizz gaming down as a contender. Um, I am really excited to see Vandy, I see Odon. I think I see Odon are going to be really good. Uh, and it's, it's Vandy time, man. He, he got his threes team back. He was insane with the Pacers that year. It's it's time for the, the the magician to to come out of the coffin and surprise everybody again. Another trick yeah, in the I, box. I'm excited to see him play because again, um, for people who didn't know, he played one series last year and it wasn't on stream, but he dropped like I think 19, 21, and 19. I think some crazy numbers. So I I have full faith in this team. They're gonna get back into like Vandy's winning ways, like he was with the Pacers and bringing them in. So I, I'm gonna put the contenders tag on them as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited for Icy Odom. By the way, uh, I think I, I just I as much as we talk about um, the Grizz or as much as we talk about Vandy, Icy Odom are gonna be very good as well. Uh, Grizz Gaming, 45 and 50 last year, nine and 11 in series. All right, on to our next team, the Gen G Tigers. Derek, who do you got? 
Uh, I'm gonna go contenders. Ooh, back to back contenders. Okay. Because if there's one thing Gallo has shown us is that this man can keep them in games. But you know what they didn't have? Good defense to be able to push them forward to win a lot of those close games. Part of that is on him. I'm not going to let Gallo off easy because Wahoo is phenomenal offense. He was a defensive liability on those back doors. The more people started to utilize them, he could never get steals. He could never get any flukies going his way, anything like that. But the difference is now you're pairing him with Lawrich and Jolo. That is fucking scary, especially what we saw from Lawrich last year with MBL. And then what we ended up seeing Jolo when he was out there with Trey Dollars and Dario too. So I think them getting those two pieces just worked wonders for them in threes. I think it's going to make them immediate contenders and uh, easily in the playoffs. Easily in the playoffs. Wow. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm going to go a little bit. Uh, I'll do contenders with you two. I was going to say on the bubble, but I just think that Law Rich and Jolo is going to be too good. And I think that the, that defensive combo is going to win them a lot of games. I mean, Gallo last year, you know, if we look at his numbers, uh, it's like the same. The, they had the same last year as they did when we were in Indy. Gallo, it was just 10, like ten points per game, two assists per game, seventy-seven percent true shooting. He was awful from three, forty-one and a half percent from three. He was absolutely terrible shooting the ball. He can't be that bad again. Like, no, <laughs> I, I wonder if the, the odds are probably in his favor to never be that bad shooting the ball again, because um, he's usually a pretty good shooter, but. Um, they need him to be good, man. Like they can't have any more of this like junk of him, like not being able to close out games and, you know, missing wide open threes for the win. Like he's got, he's got to start putting teams away. Like that's really the next step for him is mm. getting kind of that lethal end of game, you know, end game mentality of like, okay, it's time. It's time to win. It's time to kill this team and get out of here. Um, but lucky he has law, Richard Jolo to help him out with that. Uh, all right. Dukes and Meditos, uh, Ryan, one one Warnocks and Scorio. Uh, I have them as pretenders. Uh, I think they might be the closest team we have to Yikes. Um, mostly because I think Ryan 101 is a completely unproven commodity, especially in this game mode. I think Warnock's in this uh, in this game mode is a completely unknown quantity. And I think Scorio in this game mode is a complete unknown quantity. Uh, I think if you look at Ryan 101's numbers last year, I think he has to improve on them just because he's way too talented to be that bad. Last year, 11.1 points per game. 0.87 turnovers per game. He was had the number one turnovers in the league. 41.5% from three, same as Gallo. Uh, I know that he was dealing with some health issues last year, so that definitely impacted the amount that he was playing. They brought Duck in. Duck made that crazy run through the slam, but now he gets the hard reset, and he gets to beat the lead guy on Duke Snurk. But I, I just feel like this team is going to put almost too much on him. And while I'm excited to watch Warnox in fives, I think Warnox in threes is going to be a tough watch. This is not a friendly game mode to locks uh, at all, unless you're like one of the best. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm worried for, for Warnocks in this game mode. I think it'll be way better in fives. This will be my, uh, my first team in the yikes. Oh, you're putting them in the yikes. Farno is category. Yeah, okay. I, it's, it's unproven players in every single thing. Like what? Well, the only one that is, you could sit there and be like, okay, somewhat was, was Anias when he played with Gen G like, but like, they just one through three that they're going to have for this mode. It's just guys that you just have no clue what to expect. So that's why I put them here. Ryan was very underwhelming. I know he had a lot of stuff going on, so maybe things will be different with him getting under his belt. Uh, Gazuli, like, will we have to see anything from him if, if Ryan one of one doesn't have to? But yeah, I think a lot of this, especially, too, like with Warnox, we know him as the 5v5 guy. 
I haven't heard much about how he's been looking in threes. I know I've, I've been in some group chats with some people who are saying it's like, oh yeah, like I've been, he, he's hasn't been looking too hot. So uh, Duke Zinfonitz also go in my first yikes category uh, for this. I don't think threes will be very friendly to this team. Um, and it's a shame because, you know, if they were able to keep that team together in some fashion from last year, I mean, you know, it's hard to even look at the stats of that team. But Duke Zinfonitz played 117 games, lethal, 78 and 39. They were 13 and 5 in series. They averaged 20.4 points per game, the most in the league. They gave up only 18.1 points per game, the, tied for most in the league. I mean, Dirk, this this threes team last year that they had of Killy Hez and Godlike was the stuff of legends. I mean, it was yep. as good as we were hoping to. And again, I want to pat myself on the back because I said way back when Dukes and Benitos drafted Killy that I would put hard money down that at some point Killy would win a 3v3 uh, tournament for them or the finals. And I, I said that you can go find the expansion draft when I said it. I said it live on air and it came true. But now they've dismantled that team, and there's just nowhere near the same amount of talent. So I'm worried for this Dukes team. I think I think it could get pretty ugly early. Uh, yeah. Celtics crossover gaming. Leche, Tezo, and Krizzy. You can go first. Um, this is the crazy thing. I don't think 630 sees playing time with this team. I don't either. Um, I think it'll be Their Leche. Their best lineup does not include him. Yeah. And I think with Lecce, the season that he had last year where he did look very good. Um, oh, I should and say then, the, the, uh, the lineup that we have is Lecce, Tezo, and Krizzy. That is their yeah. best lineup. And so while I think he, he was all right last year, um, I know that he had like, was it, I think he had like a crazy stretch um, to where he was performing. I am a big fan of, of building up confidence in the offseason. I think it just kind of takes that one year playing good. You get brought back. Okay, these people have faith in me. Then you go out there. I would say he had a, a individual, at least, good pre-draft when he was playing with the Liquid guys as well. Um, I kind of want to put them contenders. But I'm looking at some of the teams that are ahead of them, the ones that we have left, where I'm like, ooh, how many spots I have? Because I think I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. What are you capping yours at? Eight or ten? For what, contenders? Yeah. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'll probably cap it at 10. Yeah. So if that's the case, I, I do have faith in the Eastern Conference. I, I think that the Celtics, they, they should be contenders. I don't oh, think there's any okay. excuse at this point with how Lecce is, especially with Tezo and Krizzy, bread and butter game mode for both of those guys. So, Okay. Uh, I am going to go on the other side of it. I'm actually going to go uh, on the bubble. Uh, which is surprising because I was a big fan of the Celtics team last year. Uh, you look at their stats, Celtics crossover gaming, uh, 66 and 65. They played 131 games. They were 12 and 11 in series. I think they'll be better this year. I will say losing FT is big. Uh, FT was a very, very good 3v3 guard. Um, it's not to say that I don't think Leche will be. It's just different. Uh, Tezo and Crazy were a good combo last year, not a great combo last year. And I'm just, you know, I think this team will be okay. I don't know if they're one of the 10 best teams in the league, though. I think they'll be fine. I think they're going to be competitive and scrappy. I think they'll compete uh, in the, you know, the north northeast sector pretty hard. Um, and I think if they get a couple favorable groups, I would not be surprised if they snuck into the playoffs based off of their groups. But uh, I'm, I'm a little I'm a little bit lower uh, on the Celtics in this game mode. I'm actually, I think, a lot higher on them in fives than most people. But uh, we will get there when we get there. Uh, yeah. So on the bubble for me. All right. Cavs Legion GC. Um, this one is so hard. This one is really hard because they got the reigning champ, man. 
They got Killy. They have DJ Too Cold, who's outstanding. They got Shift Day. They got Coach Mike up there, bro. I just don't know how this team misses the playoffs in this game mode. So I'm going with contenders. I I I I don't know how they miss the playoffs. I think Killy has incredible command of this game mode. You know, DJ Too Cold, one of the best in the league. Shift Day, one of the best in the league. Uh, like it's it's just hard for me to think that this team is going to be one of the best. Um, Killy will win. Killy might, you know, get them to through a group stage by himself if DJ Too Cold and Shift Day are struggling. Like we saw that last year with Dukes, that he'll just take over series sometimes. He just won't miss for multiple games in a row. So yeah, I, I got Killy. And also, no offense to Antoine, I just I, I think Killy is the the way to go uh, at the top of this team. So yeah, I. It's so interesting when we look at the roster construction uh, if you just look over towards three. So you have the finals MVP and the champ from last year. You have DJ2 Cole with NBL Waz Gaming who played phenomenal for him at 3v3. And then you got TB from T-Wolves Gaming and, and how crazy runs that they had, never been able to get to the very top. So it's like they've pulled one player from some of the top contending teams all of 3v3 last year and now throw him with Killy. I'm going the same way as you. Uh saw what I need to see from Killy last year. I think it would actually honestly be disrespectful if we put them on the bubble, yeah. considering the two talents that they put together with him are very, very good and showed proven runs all last year as well. So I think they're going to be contenders. It's one thing about Killy's game. It's like never really let up from the moment that he came into the league. And so I think that um, maybe it won't be as dominant, I don't think, right? Yeah. Because what we saw from like- It's hard to be dominant with this much talent in yeah. the league, I think. So, yeah, I'll, I'm going to throw them on the contenders. And I think that I have room for, I think I have room for one more contender. I on have one more list, contender. But, and I think, yeah. I think we're both going to go with the same one here. Uh, I'm actually going to give my contender tag to the Bucks. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually going to throw a little, a little bud out there. I mentioned this for the Heat. I think the Bucks are going to be one of the four best teams uh, in 3v3 this year. Um, they have so many lineups. They have so many lineups. I don't even know which one's the best one. Uh, I have written down right now Johnny Red, Dossix, and Dimes because I, I don't want to leave Johnny Red on the bench. But I could also do CP, Dossix, and Johnny. I could do CP, Dossix, and Dimes. I could do CP, Johnny, and Retro. I could do CP, Dossix, and Retro. I could do Johnny, Retro, and Dimes. Like, I can do whatever I want. I could do CP, Retro, and well, Dimes. Like, like, this team is going to throw out so many insane lineups. They're just going to win games. They're just going to rack well, them up. That's the thing, like, but like, it, it's a good and a bad thing to have so many lineups that you can put out there. I think the story, kind of like how it was when Dimes went to the Kings, is is Dimes going to play in threes? Because all we heard from when he was with Sacramento was that the whole reason all this dispute came was because he was told that he was going to play threes. Then they're like, no, you're not touching the floor in threes. And that's where everything started falling apart. Is this going to be a thing where Dimes is going to have to force himself into a lineup and play the threes mode? We still really haven't seen much from him, so it's kind of like, I, I don't know which way to, to look at it. Yeah. In a 3v3 sense. I've heard um, the Bucks like, in for preseason me, I, have tried multiple different lineups and all of them have worked. Well, not all okay. of them have worked, but like none of them have been truly awful where they're like, wow, we can never run this. Like Dimes has yeah, looked yeah, good. Yeah. Johnny has looked good. Retro looks good. Like they, they just have really good 2K players on this team. Yeah. So, oh no, I think it would be a nice change, right? Because we saw how good Cooks was last year and I still consider Cooks to be better than CP. Yeah. So I feel like with mixing CP into the lineup and you run that same thing, like how is how is that really going to look? Yeah. So I would like to at least see a change maybe at the start. But I, I, I do think to your point, um, if you can go out there and put as many lobs as you want, cool, and your win, all power to you. Yeah, Go off, King. Um, Bucks but yeah, were, I, I, ha Bucks I had them insane. contender. They were insane yeah. last year. 126 games, 77-49. They were 16-3 and in series, Dirk. They had the best series win percentage in the league with Cooks, Dossix, and uh, Johnny. It's just... The series that they lost were 
the biggest series, <laughs> biggest series of their season. So, uh, very, very interested to see how the Bucks fight uh, fight back this year with no Cooks. Cooks was really, really good for them. So, uh, it's a big change. It's a big change. Um, okay, let's go to Blazer Five Gaming. Uh, I got Claude bots and chaos I, i'm i i'm put i kind of want to yikes fart noise this team yep i i just i just don't know how they win games consistently i i don't know what their win conditions are uh, i'm i'm worried that the lockdown like ubots is going to be great but i feel like ubots's best position is at guard and i don't know if this team has the balls to not start Claude at guard. I don't know if this team has the balls to start Fias at lock over Ubots. I don't know if this team, like, well, I don't even know what this team's best lineup is, and I See, don't think they do either. That that's the thing, right? With some of the teams that we've been throwing in pretenders for different reasons, like maybe overhyped or something like that. The one thing that even all the teams in the pretenders have in common is that you know what positions some like players are going. This is one like Duke's Infinitos, where like, yeah, you kind of know, but it's it's very unproven. You throw B five in that exact same category. Don't know what to expect from U-Bots and threes. Don't know what to expect from fives and threes. Chaos, yeah, we saw what he was able to do last year. But, like, the Claude and Chaos, I don't think that's going to be enough with those two guys because, again, we can't, like, the impact of Jomar is, Dude, like, they're, they're, they're taking, replacing Jomar you're going to replace Jomar and Fires at U-Bots. Yeah. Like, that, that's that's tough. It, it's impossible for a lot of the players that were there to, to really have somebody go in and be able to fill that void. Well, because it's um, not even like they have like, to fill the own talent gap on their team. They have to fill the talent gap on their team and also accommodate to how much better the other teams got around them. So it's, it's a kind of a double kill on that fashion. Yeah, for the sake of not having an, even a lockdown, um, kind of the same thing that we harped on them about when they drafted – it's exactly why I'm giving them the the yikes for their threes. I think I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, all right, last but certainly not least, and then we can get on to our our big, big predictions. 76ers GC. Uh, most likely lineup being Dre, DT, and DJ. The Sixers last year, or I should say the Blazers last year, sorry, were 48-62. and 62. They were 6-12 and 12 in series, and they won the Steel. Steel Open Champs? Yeah. Uh, and then 76ers GC last year, they were 47 and 49. They were 10 and nine in series. They were remarkably average. Dre was, I don't know oh. what happened to Dre last year, bro. Uh, 8.2 points per game, 2.86 assists per game. He shot 51% from three. They were running all these weird lineups because he just didn't have a lot of confidence in his dribble moves. They have Jaden this year, just in case Dre is bad and they need a new guard. I think their lock rotation between gradient and DT Leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, I like DJ down there. It's just too many question marks for me going into the season with this team production-wise. I'm going with them on the bubble. There's always a chance that Dre refigures it out and this team is fine. But at the same time, I just I don't have a lot of I, I, I just think that there are too many better teams than them in the league right now. And Jeff also says that he never gets the title as underdog. So here you go, Jeff. You can be the underdog this year in threes. Have fun. You're the underdog. Yeah, now. De definitely on the bubble for me. Um I I still what going back to Indy, like when DT was out there, I still think they played better when DT was on the floor uh, compared to to DJ when we first had seen them. And that was why I was very disappointed. We just never saw it. It was so shocking. I was like, he D was so DJ good. Played, he played, played every single so game. So many didn't he? games for them last year. Yeah, hold on. Let me I'm get pretty the... sure he did not get out of the lineup for a single game. I think he was in there for every single one. DJ played, yeah, DJ and Dre played 94 games together. So. This is a lot that, I'll, I'll put them on the bubble because if Dre goes crazy, yeah, like they're probably a sure shot. If Dre can come out and just play like how we've usually seen him play, 
Uh, they'll probably honestly end up even shifting over in towards a contender spot there as well. Um, but yeah, a, a, a few questions. I don't think it's enough to really call them pretenders because I don't look at this team and say, damn, they are going to be an amazing 3v3 team this year. Like You always know they have a fighting chance, but another team is kind of having some issues with like a front court selection for this, right? Yeah. When you're looking at who's playing lock and who's playing power forward. So yeah, I, I, I like how my list turned out, to be honest with you. Gradient played... Uh, almost every game for the Hawks last year, and it just it just didn't go very well. Um, I'm interested to see what they do at the lockdown spot. I agree on the bubble. Uh, yeah, you you did good. So here here are contenders. So your contenders, Dirk, you have Bucks, Cavs, Celtics, Genji, Grizz, Heat, Magic, Nets, Pistons, T Wolves. I have Warriors, Pistons, Nets, Magic, Knicks, Heat, Grizz, Gen G, Cavs, and Bucks. Okay. All right. Solid. Let's get on to the big awards here. Uh, slam prediction, switch champion, steel champion, and then finally, our 3v3 championship prediction. I'll have you give your, your two teams in the finals. And then, uh, and then our three v three MVP as well. So let's start with the sl uh, the slam. Who do you think is going to open up hot and take home the slam? Uh, are we predicting the finals matchup for the slam, or just whoever just, wins? Just do the winner for the okay. for the tournaments. That's too hard. Um, give me. I'll go Pistons GT again, okay. going going back to back for this. I think they'll come out hot and then uh, you know, do the exact same thing they did last year, punch some teams in their mouth. Um. Okay. Uh I am gonna go I'm gonna take a surprise one here. I'm gonna go with Cavs Legion. Um I think that team is desperate to win something, anything for that franchise. And if anybody's gonna come out firing to open up threes, it's gonna be Killian DJ. So I think uh I think they'll take it. What about the switch? Do you have a prediction for the switch? Um for me, for the switch, I'm gonna go with Leaning towards two teams. Okay. I'm going to go with Gen G. Ooh, that's a fun I think, one. I think Gallo is going to have a slow slam potentially. Yep. But I think the switch is uh, where they'll pick it up. And I think I'll, I'll give my, my Gen G love. Okay. Gen G love. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Grizz here. Uh, I'm going to take a, a Vandy classic. Uh, and he comes back and retakes his switch crown. Uh, that was he never got the chance go to with. defend. <laughs> I was going to go with them. That was the other team I was looking at. I was like, ah. Yeah. Never had a chance to defend his switch title, and now he does. Uh, okay. Your steel champion. Which team do you think? Uh, by the way, your steel champion has to be a team that you had as either pretender or on the bubble. Okay. So it's a pretender or on the bubble. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So who do you got for the steel open? Um... I'll go with the Mavs. Ooh, Mavs gaming. Okay. That's an interesting one. Uh, I am going to go with NBL Oz gaming. Uh, I think at that point, bag motion and C's will have figured everything out. And they, they strike me as a team that'll get in as like the eight or nine or as like the, the mm. nine, 10 or a ticket seat or a steel team. Okay. On to the big kahuna. Your. 3v3 finals prediction. Who do you got? 
And just to keep it easy, I know the conferences don't matter. If you want to do East versus West, you can. If you want to do the two best teams in the league, you can. Who do you think will be in the finals? Um, Give me... go with the magic okay taking on the t wolves magic t wolves wow okay i'm not, I'm not gonna lie i hope we don't look at these predictions like wow they're thinking long and hard <laughs> i'm looking at that list of teams i'm like i don't know i haven't even seen them play a damn game yet <laughs> yeah it's tough uh we'll do revised ones uh, at the end of the slam uh, so i'll give you an out there uh, I'm going to go Magic Gaming as well. Um, dude, man, I'm going the three-peat. I'm going Magic Pistons. Really? I'm, I think Pistons make it back. Yeah, I do. All right, Dirk, drum roll, please. Who is your selection for the 3v3 champion? Magic. Taking the magic. Wow. Unguardable's got the, he's got the aura right now. He's okay. racking everything up. What better way than to do it than, than securing a championship? Uh, I am going to go with Pistons GT. I think they, they come all the way back and they take down the magic in the finals. I think Connor gets his revenge on low key. Godlike and finally secures an offensive rebound so that they don't get killed by another three. <laughs> Uh, I'm not surprised that we're both high on magic gaming. Um, I think this could be one of the most interesting three V three teams of all time. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they make runs in multiple, in multiple, uh, trophies, multiple, uh, tournaments here. So excited for Orlando pressures on, uh, last but not least, I think I could probably figure out who your three V three MVP is, but who's your three V three MVP. Unguardable. Oh, we've unguardable. had too many. We've had too many big men win win awards. Get time to give okay. it back to the cards. You can go with unguardable. I'm gonna go with Kai Iverson. Um, like I said, if the if the Heat get a Final Four seed this year, then I think Iverson is the MVP. So, all right, we've done it. We, we have did it. Previewed three v three. In a week from now, will be the Slam Open, the uh, the first tournament in three v three. I have the groups here. So I'll quickly go over the groups for the slam. Uh, in Group A, it is Gen G, Hornets, Magic, NBL, and Pistons GT. That'll be a whole lot of fun. Group B, Cavs Legion, Hawks Talon, Knicks Gaming, Nets GC, and the Raptors. Group C, Celtics Crossover, Dukes, Heat, Sixers, and the Wiz. Group D, Bucks, Grizz, Mavs, Pacers, and T-Wolves. Then Group E, Damn. Blazers, Jazz, Kings, Lakers, and Warriors Gaming Squad. That group was nuts. Which one was that you just said? Bucks, Grizz, Mavs, Pacers, T Wolves. That is that's that's a crazy group. That's a crazy group. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie, that's pretty nuts. Um, okay, that is your three v three preview. Uh, Dirk, you will be on the broadcast on the first Wednesday. I will not, yep. so I'll be co-stream or i'll be live streaming it for my own twitch channel uh any final Ooh. words about threes uh or i uh, just want to get out of here uh i'm excited uh more interested to see how the broadcasts are gonna go yeah. selfishly um that is always the the scary part about it but excited I'm very excited i am excited as well I, I think people hate i think people hate on threes too much 
Like, I understand that it's not fives. I understand that might not be your favorite game mode. And sometimes it can be difficult, but I promise you guys, uh, it's not that bad. In my opinion. No. I don't think it's that bad. I um, mean, like, the, there's one thing, like, you can't knock the mode that, like, it is, it's just exciting. You get a game winner every single, what, however many seconds. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, you can't really hate a mode like that because it brings excitement. I just think people, people hate the mode because it's like, the you know the movies when the dad gets married to the new wife and the wife fakes being nice but then she's just being mean to everybody else because she's getting all the attention yeah that's threes that's what i think for threes is the the brand new the the husband just went to go marry a new wife and they're picking on the kid the entire time mm-hmm. but that's why people hate threes is yeah. because it's just it's taking the spotlight away play a lot more threes games so people are like well we play so many more games of threes why can't we do it in fives i don't want to play hundreds of games of fives i don't either that's that's a <laughs> lot of hours y'all these games are like 45 minutes long okay you gotta juxtapose that over the whole season um it, honestly so. i think the people feel the same way about uh threes as they feel about kai iverson we're missing the forest and the trees here guys like it's a it's a <laughs> decent game mode you know i know the turnovers might not be great i know that there might be too many games but you know it's still uh it's still enjoyable to watch um all right yeah. we will leave it there um how do how do we want to do this dirk because should we do an episode next Tuesday going into the games on Wednesday and we could just talk about the games on Tuesday? Or how? what do you want our next episode to be? I'll ask you live and put you on the spot. Oh, next week. So, I mean, what that's uh, that's where we can finally jump in and do an actual preview of the games that are going to be played for the yeah. week. Okay, so we'll, um, do, we'll do preview yeah. on Tuesday then. So we'll just do it like, because so now what people, like for, for the episodes, now the season's starting up is that everything is basically going to be if we get news or it's just going to be like doing, you know, predictions for the week and an end of the week recaps. Yeah. So like we'll, we'll be, we'll be two, two weeks now. So we'll probably do one during the week and then one on the weekend. We're, we're getting real arse vlog style with this. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a midweek arse vlog and then an arse vlog extra. Uh, Bang. At the end. We'll have to, we'll, you know what we'll call it? We'll call it virtual, we'll call it VC courtside or V courtside extra uh, and then normal V courtside. Uh, yep. So, all right, that's gonna do it for us. Thank you guys for listening to the three v three preview. We will see you guys next Tuesday. The two K League is back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. But yeah, keep track of our predictions and tell us when we're wrong. But we won't be because we're always right. Goodbye. You'll be right. I'll be wrong. <laughs>